Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. We tackle the challenges of indie game development head on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode. And if you haven't already, give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. So today I want to talk about how to level up your game dev skills as fast as possible. I've been making games for over seven years, and in that time, I've made literally every mistake that you can possibly imagine, okay? I've been inconsistent, my progress has been slow, and I never felt like I was learning fast enough. That was a big one. So that did all change a little bit, though, when I started working on my first commercial release. I still do not consider myself an expert, not by any means. I still have a great deal to learn, but since then, my skills inside of Unity my C-sharp programming skills, my design skills, they've all doubled, if not tripled, okay? And this is all in a very, very short amount of time. So what changed and how can you duplicate this for yourself? Let me tell you right now, your ego is your enemy, okay? If you are a solo developer, which I'm not, by the way, my wife is an artist, an animator, and a video editor, but I was solo for a very long time, so I know what it's like. It can be very easy to get trapped in this mindset of, I have to do it all myself. It can also be really easy to ignore feedback and relevant advice given to you. Keyword there being relevant, okay? And these are massive mistakes. You might want to take a look at the reason behind the decisions you're making. Are you making the decisions to do everything yourself, the music, the art, the sound effects, everything, because that's what you really want to do? Or are you doing it to prove some sort of point or show off how smart or talented you are? Are you ignoring feedback from people because their points are not valid or because you feel like you'd owe them in some fashion? Or if you take an idea that isn't yours, somehow the game isn't 100% made by you then. You are not the first game developer to make a game by themselves or with a small team. Hundreds of thousands of people have come before you and they've done it successfully. Many, many people have done it unsuccessfully, but there have been a lot of successful people as well. So my advice is be willing to learn from people who are more successful than you are. And this goes for myself as well, because these people who have done this successfully, they've traveled the same road that you're traveling, and they've already accomplished the goals that you're trying to reach. Learn from these people, study them. This does not diminish your future accomplishments. A good game developer is able to put their ego aside and be willing to learn from experts as well as accept feedback from the right places and utilize that feedback to enhance their game. A little humility is going to help you learn faster and it's going to make your game better. Now, I do want to lead into our next topic, which is the wrong feedback is your enemy. Okay. So on that note, there is feedback from the right people and there is feedback from the wrong people very much so. And there is also feedback that is complete bullshit because people just don't want to hurt your feelings. So who are the right people to give you feedback on your game? In order to answer this, you have to ask yourself, who is your target audience? Those are the right people to give you feedback on your game. So who are the wrong people to give you feedback? Very likely, your family and friends are the wrong people to give you feedback. And really, that's just because they're most likely not in your target market. They could be, but they probably aren't. So they are not who you are making the game for. And even if they are in the target market, they probably 
don't want to hurt your feelings. And so they'll give you a lot of praise, which is going to make you feel good. But overall, it's not actually helpful to you. Not when you're asking for feedback. I've also heard experts say that if you go to a convention and you have people play your game in front of you, they also likely are not going to give you good feedback because even though they don't know you, they don't want to hurt your feelings because you're standing right there and they just played your game and people want to be nice. That just seems to be how people are wired. So what you actually want to look out for is does the person come back later at a convention? Do they come back to your booth later with friends? Do they look engaged while they are playing your game? You can study their body language. Some of their more subtle actions are going to speak much, much more volumes than the words that they say to you after they're done playing your game. Another tip I have is always be working on a project that stretches your skill set, okay? As a game developer, you are always learning. It never, ever stops. But you do have a comfort zone in there somewhere. There's a genre that you've done more than other genres. There's some mechanic you've created multiple times across multiple projects, right? I know you do. Admit it. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But your current project should be stretching your technical capabilities enough that you don't necessarily know the exact steps that you need to take to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And I cannot stress how important this is. A lot of you have probably heard the quote, your comfort zone is where your dreams go to die. Okay, if you don't push yourself and you don't put yourself into positions where there's a chance that you're going to fail, then you're not stretching yourself and you're not realizing your full potential. This applies to learning new skills as well. You want to improve your skills at creating particle systems? Then what's going to serve you the most is if you're working on a project that requires a lot of particle systems. Another way you can level up your game dev skills as fast as possible is to eliminate distractions when you're working. My family and friends, they know what time I work on my game and they know I'm pretty well impossible to reach during that time. I have a wife, I have two kids, my daughter is homeschooled, I'm trying to make a game as well as grow a successful YouTube channel, I have rent, I used to have a mortgage but we sold our house which was our shortcut to funding our game studio. I have bills and responsibilities and friendships and hobbies and everything in between. And I'm not unique here, right? Everybody, we're all busy. So to my point, during that window, when you are working on your game, whether you're full-time or whether you have, you know, half an hour a day, whatever it is, that window of time that you have, it's really precious and you have to defend that time. Your phone is not your friend during that window. You're going to get texts and emails and messages and notifications. So if you have to, leave your phone in another room. You're not going to learn or work efficiently if you're distracted the entire time. Game dev requires 100% of your conscious, focused attention, and we live in a world that is constantly competing for our energy and for our attention. And in order to defend your window here, you're, you might have to tell your friends that you're not available at certain times of the day, that you're not going to respond to your phone. You might need to do it after your kids go to bed. Do whatever you have to do, but allow yourself the freedom to work without distractions. This means setting boundaries with people, and this is not an easy thing to do. It takes discipline, and it takes conscious effort to maintain. I promise you, though, it is well worth it. Another way you can level up your game dev skills as fast as possible is to carve out a learning session time for yourself once in a while. So when I'm working on my commercial game, I can almost feel the clock ticking behind me, right? <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Time is running out. You have to finish this game. You have to make progress. There cannot be a day where nothing gets produced in this game. Blah, blah, blah. You get it. And when I feel that way, it's really, really, really hard for me to set aside time to just tinker and experiment with things 
and just try things for fun. When I do that, it almost gives me this anxiety, like I'm wasting my window, I'm wasting my time that I have to do game dev because there's no quote-unquote progress being made in my game right now. Despite knowing that experimentation is progress a lot of the time, and it's a necessary part of game development, it's still something that I have trouble overcoming a lot of the time. So what has helped me with this is to carve out a separate time each day where I work on things that I want to learn or experiment with or play around with. For example, I wanted to learn how to make shaders from scratch. I knew it was the next thing that I needed to do to really level up as a developer and ultimately make my game as amazing as I wanted it to be. I don't watch tutorials or take courses or quote unquote learn stuff during my work hours when it can be avoided, right? Because that is my full steam ahead production time. So what I did was I carved out a few minutes a day. I aimed for half an hour, but sometimes it was less, but I used that time to just do whatever I had to do, follow tutorials, learn, experiment, try to make my own shaders from scratch, etc., etc. And I gave myself that window of time to do it, stress-free and guilt-free, because I already put in my work hours that day. So this was outside of that. This helped for whatever reason, just mentally categorizing that way really helped for me. So this is one of those things where it's not going to feel like you're making much progress, not, not in a single day anyways, but after a few weeks, or after a few months down the road, you're gonna be really, really surprised at how much you've managed to learn just by putting in a little chunk of time each day. Another thing you're gonna to wanna to do to level up your skills as fast as possible is to play other games. It is just as important to be playing games as it is to be making games. You need to be experiencing both sides of the coin. What is it like being the person who makes the games? And what is it like being the consumer and the person who's playing the game for fun, right? I only bring this up because we all have very limited time and maybe you're using your free time already, the free time outside of work and outside of your family to make games instead of play them. But I would encourage you, and you, it doesn't have to be every day, it can be as often as you can afford, but I would encourage you to set aside even just a little bit of time each week to play games that you enjoy. This is gonna help keep you inspired and fresh, and it's gonna keep you filled with good ideas. All right, the last tip, and probably the most important one, is to count your failures as successes. You're gonna count your failures as successes, okay? We've all heard the expression that you need to go out there and you need to fail, and you learn the most from failing, right? We've all heard that, and this is 100% true, but what I want to add is that really, you wanna find a way to take the negative association with failing out of the equation altogether, because failing, it's not even failing. It's like there needs to be a new word for it. If you're failing, it means that you are in the arena, you're doing shit that most other people are way too scared to do. You're subjecting yourself and your work to criticism. Let's say you add a new mechanic to your game and the feedback you get really just shoots it down. Maybe it doesn't, the new mechanic doesn't fit the game or your genre or it doesn't feel good or it's clunky to use, whatever. That's not a failure. You created something and you got critical feedback that's going to make your game better. That's a win, that's not a failure. You will remember your failures. They will stick with you because of humans and our survival instinct. It's how we evolved. Our brains remember failures much more than we remember our wins. If it takes you 100 attempts to finally find success with something, whether we're talking about, you know, making a successful game or even just making a mechanic successfully, that means for every single failure, you were 1% closer because it took you 100 tries. That's a good way to look at it. That's not failure. That's just progress. 
Failure is not a bad thing. If you write your failures down on a piece of paper and you count them out, the higher the number, the more experience you have under your belt, the more confident and competent you're going to be. If you find success right away, then that's actually not the best because then you only know what works. You have to go through failures first. You have to understand what doesn't work and why it doesn't work. Then what does work and why that works. I hope it makes sense that you can see why understanding why something doesn't work Having that knowledge on top of just knowing what works, that's so much better. I hope you can see that. So if you take one thing away from this episode, I hope it is that failure is something great that you should almost be counting, like experience points. Collect enough of it, and you're going to get to the next level that you crave so badly. If you love this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much. Bye.